if you just think about it from a purely logical standpoint, you and I are starting a race, right? We're both at the same starting point. You start running, right? You just start running. You're tripping, you're falling, you're like stumbling, right? And I'm looking at you and I'm like, oh man, that dude's really screwing it up as you're already running the race. I'm standing at the finish line going, okay, he fell there and let me, and like planning it out. Okay, so when I run, I got to step over that thing. And I, you're still ahead of me. You're falling, you're bruised, you're battered. You're still ahead of me because you started the race. And so in theory, if we assume that failure is not going to happen, if we just assume that, then the longer you delay to start, the longer you're just delaying your success. Welcome to the I Fired My Boss Franchise Podcast. My name's Dan Claps, founder and CEO of Franchise Playbook, a franchisor platform where we create, own, and operate dynamic franchise brands in the mobile services space. And my life's goal is to help people just like you fire their boss and become a business owner. And I'm Christian Dadalak, top franchise consultant and co-founder of Real Franchising, a leading franchise consulting firm. And together, we're on a mission to help people fire their boss, hire themselves, and live the American dream through franchise ownership. Welcome to another episode of the I Fired My Boss podcast. Dan Claps here, your co-host, uh, doing a solo episode with a friend of mine, Tarek Johnson, uh, founder of Zero to Profitable Franchise, franchise content legend. I've learned a lot of franchising through YouTube and specifically with Tarek's content. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been cool. We've been building a relationship, chatted a few times, and uh, I'm going to make my way down to Orlando soon enough to meet with you, man. But Welcome to the welcome to the show. Yeah, man, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's exciting. Uh, I guess to start, like, how did you get? How'd you get into business? How'd you get into franchising? What's kind of that that journey? Yeah, for sure. And you know, number one, I, I for a weird goal for for a long time, I had wanted to be a YouTuber. I think since like 2006, I was watching people on YouTube, and I I just I really wanted to. I started reading. Uh, the secret at that time, learning about the law of attraction. And it was a point in my life where I was doing stupid stuff, hanging out with stupid people, uh, you know, just getting out of high school. And I started listening to a lot of personal development stuff and watching YouTube. I'm like, one day I want to help people and, you know, I want to be a YouTuber, et cetera. And so, you know, my journey into franchising, it really was an accident. I don't know if we had this conversation or if it was someone else, but how most people don't intentionally get into franchising, right? It's it's not like something you just, uh, you're like, hey, when I grow up, I want to be in franchising. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you watch like the founder as a, you know, as a kid and that's like, that's like your goal. But, you know, basically what happened was uh, I wanted to be an entrepreneur and since the since I was probably 13 or 14 years old, and I kept starting business after business after business um, from the age of about 18 to 25, 26. Clothing line, did a bunch of MLM companies, uh, tax lien investing business, trying to do Kindle publishing online. Like every kind of get rich quick, like try to avoid... 
the hard work, jumping from shiny object to shiny object. And it just wasn't working. It, it really wasn't working. And I would get overwhelmed. I would get confused. I, I just couldn't figure it out. And, you know, it got to the point where I, it was really messing with my head. I was really starting to get pretty depressed. Um, it was starting to mess with my self-confidence because it's hard when you, if you set your sights on something and you continually break your word with yourself of like, okay, this time is going to be different. This time I'm going to make it happen. And then you fail again and you fail again and you fail again. It starts to really wear on you. And so that was, that was my experience for kind of seven years nonstop. Meanwhile, I was in the financial advising world. So I started getting my investment licenses when I was 19. And I was doing really well in, in, in that world. But I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And ironically enough, a very good friend of mine uh, that I met when we were living in California right after my wife and I got married, uh, he built a fire and water restoration company. Um, <laughs> ironically. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and so he built that company. I remember. So franchisee or franchisor? No, or independent. Not, independent. Got it. Okay. Got it. Independent. Yeah. And so he was a young guy. He's a couple, I think he's a couple years older than me. I'm 35. So at, at the time he was probably like 28, 29 when, when, uh, when we met, hit it off really well. And I remember one night we were hanging out um, with our, with our wives, and we were both really competitive. We played double shot, you know, double shot like the the basketball game. Um, yeah. We were playing double shot, and he's like, "Man, I, yeah, I you know, I don't, I don't tell many people this, but last year we made like five million bucks." I was like, "Wow, what? Five million, five million dollars? That's crazy." Now he's talking about top line, but still, like that blew my mind, and. And he said something to me at that time that kind of rocked my world, which was with your skill sets and your knowledge. And at that time, I had I'd done a tour working for Tony Robbins. I'd been in financial advising for a while. I tried to start all these businesses. So I felt like I had a pretty good foundation. He was like, you should be making at least a million dollars with your skill sets. And I was both uh, offended <laughs> and motivated at the same time. <laughs> Because he said it so flippant as like, as yeah. if I wasn't trying. And, and so at that point, Dan, what I had realized was that if I was really good at following systems, I'm, I wasn't at that time, I wasn't the idea guy. I wasn't going to be the person to innovate. I got, uh, I suffered from analysis paralysis. I would get confused and overwhelmed. And I just figured if someone just gave me a playbook, that actually worked. That wasn't like a MLM thing. Uh, I felt like I could do it. And that led me into the world of franchising. That's an amazing story. You know, it's funny just to, to relate. I remember some one time I was at dinner and someone said something similar to me, wealthy business owner. He said, you know, claps. I mean, you know, since you're you know, making a million a year, he said it like assuming that I was making a certain amount of money and I was far from it. And I was flattered, like, hey, I guess it seems like I'm doing pretty well. But I remember going home thinking, like, is is everyone at that table making a million dollars a year? I'm making like a tenth of that. Um 
And so it, I went same thing, like annoyed and also motivated at the same time. Um, and you know, you do, you, you strike me as someone disciplined, like, you know, before we're recording the, the podcast, you're talking about, you know, your, your training and your workout schedule. Um, so, so what happened? So was it, was the mindset, was it just the friend kind of changing your mindset or where do you think that kind of flipping point where you started to go up happened? Was it, was that moment? You know, it was a, it was the buildup and momentum of many moments, right? Because, uh, at that point, I had probably invested over that last seven or eight years, 50, 60 grand going to seminars, hiring coaches, life coaches, business coaches, uh, Tony Robbins seminar, like everything that you can think of buying programs. And so I had, I was doing all these things. So it's so, it's so interesting when people are like, what was that defining moment? And I think there was a catalyst at times. But there's no actual defining moment, right? And it, it's like being when people try to avoid failing, right? The people that want to, the tire kickers and people that want to avoid making decisions, the failure, Hormozzi talks about this, is a prerequisite for the success. So literally, the longer you delay the failure, yeah. the longer you're delaying the success. Which yeah. is the, the the irony of it all. Like you have to fail in order to succeed. And so at that point, I had just experienced so much of what wasn't working for me that it just became clear, okay, I need a blueprint. Uh, I had remembered that years back that I thought franchising was interesting. You know, I was finally at the point in my life where I had, I could actually qualify for a franchise, you know, in terms of like a financial standpoint. And so through a variety of mindsets and different ways that we kind of chose, uh, I didn't know what I didn't know. We wound up getting into the juice and smoothie franchise business, uh, opened our first location from scratch in a brand new shopping center. So we signed our lease. If I, like, sorry, I'm, I'm very chronological with my learning bit about people. So you decided you want to do franchise. Did you, did you work with a franchise broker consultant or did you just... Hype in the I had to get into smoothies. Yeah, it's a good question. So the the my mindset was fairly simple. So it was um, so again, I was working as a financial advisor covering five different locations of banks, doing investments, retirement planning. So I was super busy commuting every day, like working more than a nine to five. So it's like, okay, if we're gonna start a business, it has to be in something that like we believe strongly in, right? And I'd say believe strongly in and not passionate about for reason because every time people say like, I want a business I'm passionate in, I think that whole thing is overrated, right? You need to choose something that you have a belief in because your passions change, right? What you're passionate about today could change tomorrow, et cetera. And a business that loses money, you can you lose passion for it very quickly, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so, so um. So the mindset was something that, that we believe strongly in. And it was like, we named a couple of things and one was like health and wellness overall. My wife and I were both obsessive about making juices and smoothies at home. And I realized that there was, there was a gap and there was a need in the market of where we lived. We were having to drive two exits away to go to like the juice bar that we liked. 
And so my mindset was if we're having to drive two exits away, other people are having to drive two exits away. And so what if we opened up a location close to our home? There had, it just so happened that there was a five acre lot of land that was just a dirt lot that had a huge, like four lease sign. And there was going to be a shopping center that was going to be built there. And I had drove by this site, I don't know, a hundred times already. And one day I'm driving home, getting off the highway, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And it was like, we should open a franchise at that site. You solved your own problem. You wanted some juice. You're going two exits away. And you're like, I I have the problem. Other people must too. 100%. Yeah. And then we had to actually back it up, right? Like a lot of it was instinctual. Like I felt the instinct, intuition, that feeling in your stomach when you just know. Yeah. And so a lot of it was that, but it was based, it was backed up by logic, which was, okay, you know, once we had to go through like the site approval process and everything with the franchisor, right? Once we actually bought, it was like, okay, that's great, Tarek, that you think that it's going to do well there, but we have a site approval process. So what's the, <laughs> what's the daytime population? How many, uh, how many people are within a three and five mile radius? You know, all, all of these things. And so, uh, you know, we still had to go through that process and some of the numbers did not check out. So that, that was kind of a challenge and a hurdle that we had overcome with getting the the site approved by the franchise or, but I don't want to get too ahead the numbers of the, like it was the, the square footage or like the rent cost was different than what they wanted. No, the, the demographics numbers oh. didn't quite match up. Yeah. So there wasn't as much like daytime, uh, working population within like a close proximity to the store. Gotcha. So you, you were like somewhat of an, cause I see people when they're looking at buying a franchise, I said someone recently, they wanted to buy my hometown and I kept saying, oh, dude, it's, it's a great territory. It's a great territory. And then I was really, I, I gave him a lot of credit because he said, Dan, are you sure you're not just emotionally attached to your hometown? And it, it is a great territory from the, the demographics and our mapping, but people go into franchises emotionally and your franchisor kind of said, hey, let's, let's take a step back here and did you ultimately went in that location though, or, or it didn't end up being, it yeah, was that location. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And we went, a, we, we went about the whole thing the wrong way. Again, I didn't know what I didn't know, which is why I enjoy, one of the reasons why I enjoy making content and part of the reason why I got into it is because I don't go out there claiming to be like, hey, I'm the franchise guru that has all the answers. No, it's, it's actually the opposite frame. It's, hey, I made a shit ton of mistakes. Or I made a lot of mistakes. Um, avoid making the mistakes that I made, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> which is like I didn't necessarily go about doing it the right way. Um, so I don't want people to confuse the "oh, cool, that worked out for you. Let me do it that way," uh, because that wouldn't be what I recommend. And hindsight being twenty twenty, I didn't know that food is one of the lowest profit margin businesses that you can get into. Right? That's also something that I didn't know at the time. Um, but we wind up, we did wind up securing that location. I was adamant. I, I'm the type of person where once I get a feeling in my gut, I just know it. And there's zero way you can change my mind. 
And so I knew it in my gut, it would work. It felt like, you know, a calling. And I just knew that location would be successful. But then I had to back it up and prove it. Because the franchisor is like, hey, the numbers don't quite match up. So I went on my own. I went on the county and it was actually the city's like construction site and permitting. I found the map of all the houses, townhomes, apartments, commercial buildings that were in schedule to be built, either approved and not constructed, started construction, started construction, not finished. I pulled all the numbers and I said, hey, I have no idea year one if we'll make any money with the store. I have no idea because I get the numbers don't match up. But five years from now, this store will absolutely crush it. And that played true. And you just knew it intuitively. Yeah. And the, the numbers backed it up. There were thousands. It was an area that was growing. There were thousands and thousands of homes in schedule to, in schedule to be, uh, to be built and constructed. They were building like crazy. It, it just made, it just made sense. So, you know, most people go into starting a business and franchising with a short term in mind. Well, how much money can I make in the first year? We actually went in with a different intention, which was my goal was to get out of my job within three to five years. So it was like, okay, year one, I really don't care if we make money year one. Not a huge deal. That's great. It's what are we putting ourselves in the position to do year three and five? And then ironically enough, we got profitable in two months. Now, let me ask you a question. From the time you had this light bulb, I picture you just like light bulb while you're driving. Juice, juice you're going to open a smoothie place. Uh, from start to finish, how long was that process to the time you signed the franchise agreement? A few months. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because what I've learned and you, I don't know if you agree with this, but you seem like to me someone that's kind of, when you decide to do something, you do it. And that's the vibe I get. I'm the same way. Um, and I've learned, and sometimes I think people think it's a sales pitch. I don't mean it as a sales pitch, but I truth, I, I've been in the space 10 years and I truly believe the best franchise owners are the ones that make a decision and they, they go through. I'm not saying they believe, you know, buy a franchise in 30 days or something. I'm saying like they make a decision and they go and there's, they don't waver. And those people, the way they make a decision to get into, for example, in Devota, I see it the second they start their onboarding. They're, they have the same approach to everything and they don't overthink. And they just, I think that's the secret to business is just kind of, what's the saying? The stupidest people get rich, you know? Uh, so I, I'll probably be rich one day because I'm, I'm not very smart, but, you know, just go for it, right? <laughs> Man, it's it's so true. And honestly, yeah, I remember going to the business seminars back in the day and they would do their pitches in the front of the room and they're like, successful people act quickly. And it was like, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah, this is a great sales pitch. But yes, the more, like, you know, the more you become accomplished in business, right? The more you start to realize that, holy crap, it's true. And it's, I remember this guy used to talk about the speed of execution. He also used to say the speed of implementation. Mm. And your success is directly tied into, I have an idea. How quickly do I implement the idea? If you just think about it from a purely logical standpoint, you and I are starting a race, right? We're both at the same starting point. You start running, right? You just start running. You're tripping, you're falling, you're like stumbling, right? Yeah. And I'm looking at you and I'm like, oh man, that dude's really screwing it up as you're already running the race. I'm standing at the finish line going, okay, he fell there. Let me like planning it out. Okay. So when I run, I got to step over that thing. And I, you're still ahead of me. 
you're falling, you're bruised, you're battered. Yeah. You're still ahead of me because you started the race. And so in theory, if we assume that failure is not going to happen, if we just assume that, then the longer you delay to start, the longer you're just delaying your success. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it, that was one of the things I learned about my buddy, the one who was you know, making five, five million bucks a year. Uh, he wound up growing that to 11, 12 million bucks a year and recently just exited uh, to a private uh, equity company. And uh, in restoration? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. In restoration. <laughs> Big exit, huh? <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I didn't mean to derail you. I, I won't talk about it much, but I chose restoration because I thought franchisees, I don't want to sell the P in any foreseeable future. I tell people, you'll be like, your, your grandkids will be the age. You know, obviously things can change or happen, but I really love what I'm building. In my last business, I sold and I, I hated the feeling of starting over. But anyway, I tell people we did choose restoration though because PE likes it for franchisees that they buy. So anyway, so he sold that. I, I didn't mean to derail or shamelessly promote Vona, but <laughs> yeah, no, you should. Um, yeah, so here's what what was one of the things that that. I really learned a lot from him and he's still, he's one of my best friends to this day. And he was kind of all over the place. Like he was constantly kind of changing his mind, like doing all this crazy stuff, but he was just an executor. Like he would have an idea and he would take action on it immediately, immediately. And he wouldn't overthink things. He was just, he would just go for it. Yeah. And I, you know, there were so many times in my life prior starting businesses and I'm like, I feel like I'm smarter than those people. Why are they so much more successful than me? And so I really had to learn and realize, oh, because the smart people tend to find all the ways of why it won't work or overthink things or get stuck. And so as I've you know gone on this business journey, I have to try to dumb things down because I'm naturally very uh, logical, very analytical. Okay. And so my my first instinct is not to go for it right away. Uh, I am very risk averse. I am I naturally procrastinate. And so I just have to force myself to act in spite of fear, act in spite of how I feel, like all these different things. And it's it's a constant battle every day. If you'd like our help investing in a franchise at no cost to you, Head over to ifiredmybosspodcast.com and fill out the form to schedule a free consultation. Okay, so where's the journey continue? Because obviously you've got your coaching business now, but you know, one of the things I like about you, if I was you know looking for coaching or consulting, or like you've owned franchises. So did you did you sell that location or what was the next thing that happened? Those locations? Yeah, so I'll give you the condensed version to kind of bridge the gap, which is basically. Uh, my wife and I, so we had signed in the dirt lot. It took over two years for them to build the shopping center. So we signed our franchise from when we signed our franchise agreement to when we opened our doors. Yeah. Two and a half years. Oh, wow. Two and a half years from when we signed our franchise agreement to we opened our doors. Because again, the build out and the lease. Yeah. the, The shopping center wasn't built. The entire shopping center. Like we we signed our lease, and it was a dirt lot. They they hadn't even put the irrigation in the sewage in the ground. Oh wow! So 
so by the time that came around, my wife and I had decided we wanted to move to Florida and we didn't want to live in California anymore. Yeah. And so basically I went hard in the store. I left my job. I went, uh, cause I was going to have to leave anyways. And I went hard in the store to get everything up and running in it and in place. Seven months after the store opened, we moved 2,500 miles away. So I had to learn how am I going to have this store run smoothly, efficiently, and successfully 2,500 miles away. We figured that out. I had a manager in place. Uh, again, I, I'm very OCD. So I really had things set up there, like working there every day for that first seven months. We moved to Florida. We buy a resale with the same brand. That was a turnaround opportunity. And so we buy that store. It was the hardest thing in my life that I've ever done. Really? For a variety of reasons. What did it say? One of them. I mean, (laughs) I'm being a little bit dramatic, but (laughs) man, it was, I say hard because it was, it hit all the levels. It was mentally hard, emotionally hard, and physically hard. Yeah. Um, Just the the turnover that I experienced, that, that specific market was so difficult to operate in and it was just completely the store in california was it felt so easy felt seamless yeah florida store felt very difficult so you know i was on my feet i was working in the store 60 hours a week going to events just focused on getting it turned around we bought the business and losing money so i wound up increasing sales in that store by 35 percent in in a year eventually we did wind up selling both locations so sold the california store first to you know not have to deal with three hours away three hour time zone difference yeah my manager had told me that he was thinking about leaving wanted to give me a heads up i'm like i don't want to deal with trying to replace the manager like the reason this all worked because i had him in place and i trusted him and so when i was doing the store in Florida, I had hired a coach because I always wanted to build a personal brand. Okay. And I was trying to figure out what, like, again, original dream was not to be in franchising. Like, goal wasn't what I was optimizing for. I just wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And YouTube. Just want to be an entrepreneur. YouTube's in the back of your mind at this point. Correct. The whole time. The whole time. And I couldn't do it before because of my investment licenses my companies would not allow me to talk about anything business or, or finance related publicly for compliance purposes I think. because of the licenses that I had. So if I was in a, a role as a financial advisor, I wouldn't be able to do it. So I had to get out in order to do what I wanted to do, which was to help people talk about business, talk about money, et cetera. And so I hired a coach and decided that, well, I'm in the middle of building this franchise business, I'm in it every day. Well, it would make the most sense to niche down and talk about franchising. But I did not want to. I was like, I don't want to be the franchise guy. I don't want to talk about franchising. Honestly, I don't really care about franchising. To me, it was a means to an end. Just a vehicle to get me to point A to point B. And okay, great. That vehicle got me there and I can use another vehicle later on. You seem so passionate about franchising. Is it something that you're now, because it's interesting, like, you know, I'll tell you, the more you do something, the more, I, I like restoration. I didn't think I would to be candid. And I'm fascinated. I listen to podcasts about it. And uh, do you feel like you kind of started to like it or, 
or uh, maybe you shouldn't say that you don't like it if you're uh, being honest. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I felt before. Yeah. And so the more, you know, that was back in like 2018. And again, I was running franchises. So at the, that point, I had two stores. So it, it, it wasn't, it was just like, I really don't care about it. It was just a means to replace my income. And, uh, but I, what I wanted to talk, I wanted to talk about money and finances and like personal development on YouTube. That was like where my heart was in terms of what I was passionate about. So started to niche down in the franchise world. The, yes, over the years, the more I've learned about it, the more I've realized for the average individual that has dreams to be an entrepreneur, they'll probably never make it happen without franchising, right? And the reality is franchising is not for everyone. There are plenty of people that are wired to go out and do their own thing. They're not going to follow a system, et cetera. And that's cool. That's perfect. But for the average person who does not want to start a business from scratch, doesn't want to figure it all out on their own, um, would benefit the most from being around a community of other owners, probably makes the most sense. And even if your dream long term is not to own a franchise, use that as your first win to learn how to run and operate a business. And then you can go start whatever it is that you really want to start. Like learn how to run a business through learning a system through franchising. That's that's my perspective, man. I I think that's a great great point. And it's funny as we're recording this. Like I don't look the best. Uh, I had a sleepless night last night, pretty much all nighter. Um, and anytime I have an all nighter or a weekend of work, you know when it is? It's when I have to course correct a mistake because we're which is fine. That's my background has always been building from scratch. But when you start a business. In a franchise, I don't think you need to put in a hundred hour weeks because the 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 crazy hours come from the course correcting, right? So right now I'm in the middle of course correcting something. It, it's not the regular the stuff that we have working is great, and whoever comes into this business doesn't have to deal with the trial and error. That's where the time, you know, that's where the time I think gets spent is the trial and error component. Whereas with the franchise, you're you're paying for that, right? You're paying to avoid all that um, years of mistakes and, and stuff. So. So people that like want to learn from you, obviously you're on YouTube. So where, where did that go? So you start making, like, did you just put a video out one day or how did that happen? So um, it kind of leads to like what we do and how we do it, which is I'm a huge believer in investing in information. So all my life, not all my life, but since like 18 years old and on, Anything that I wanted to do, what I do is I try to pay to learn it, buy programs, hire coaches. And so to your question, well, how did, yeah, how did you start on YouTube? Uh, well, at first, yeah, there, I, I, I started throwing up random videos about government shutdowns and I was all over the place, man. You said earlier, like, hey, you seem like a disciplined person. Um, not naturally. I've learned that I'm naturally very chaotic, but that I cannot succeed without discipline. Without structure, it doesn't work. I just know that about myself. I need structure. Some people are good winging it, doing whatever. Doesn't work for me. Doesn't work for my style. So I follow this with everything. This 
forcing myself into structure. And so uh, after putting up a few videos, realizing I had no idea what I was doing, I bought a course. I bought a course on like how to start a YouTube channel. And you know, I spent, I think, three, four hundred bucks on the course and it walked me through everything. It showed me everything I needed to know in a sequential way. How to do thumbnails, how to do content research, how to mm-hmm. everything. And so, and as I'm looking and starting to learn more about this franchising niche, I'm like, interesting. No one's really putting out good content on franchising. Mm. There was one large person on YouTube putting out content, but it was really circus content. It was mass market. Mm. It's when I say circus, just like get get attention, not a ton of value. I right? see. Just purely entertainment. And again, I have a very technical personality. I want the ins, the outs, the details that Tom wired. So I thought I'm going to make content for my mind, which was getting really technical. So I just started making videos on like pros and cons of franchising, mistakes I made. Just what I had learned at that point was I had met some other people in the franchise space and I thought, ugh, there's some yucky people, man, in the franchise world that are super sleazy. And so my intention was just like, I just want to help people and I want to help protect them from the bad people out there. I just started putting out quality content. My first few videos were on my phone. And those are some of the video. I think a couple of those videos have over 100,000 views to this point. Uh, I didn't even realize me plugging in the mic, the adapter didn't even work for the lapel. So like I had the lapel hooked up. It was still putting, pulling the audio from my phone, not even from the, from the lapel mic. And um, <laughs> You didn't have it hooked up. It, it was just it, like there for show. No, it was there. It just, I guess the, the, like the, the adapter to plug it into the phone, the adapter was broken. So it was plugged in, but it wasn't actually pulling the audio from there. Yeah. And so, so anyways, that, that's, that's how, that's how it kind of all got started on, on YouTube. And and my mindset was I'm going to dominate every single search term. So I just went hard. I went hard. I researched every search term around franchising that you could imagine. I painstakingly made video after video after video. Uh, I would be up until one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, scripting, editing, writing, recording. And I'll tell you, most of the times I didn't enjoy it because it got boring. It got boring. It was like, I don't want to make another video on franchising, but this goes back to in business, you pay the price. Like the, it's the difference between professionals and amateurs. You think about it in terms of athletes. Professional athlete wakes up. They think, I don't want to go to practice. And they go to practice. An amateur wakes up and go, I don't, want to, I don't want to work out. And they don't work out. Right. And so I just, I had a mission that I was going to dominate every keyword. So no matter what you typed into franchising, I would pop up. And that strategy proved effective. Yeah. And anyone listening, if you type in Tarek Johnson franchise on YouTube, that's by the way, if you want to get more content, that's probably the place to go, right? YouTube, your name, they can start listening to content. And what I love about your model and the way you do things is like, like Alex Ramosi says it, I think if you're giving away, you feel like you're giving away too much, give more, right? People know that there's even, there's more and more and more behind what you know in your brain. Um, and that's kind of your model, right? You put it out there, a lot of value. And then for your business, I guess people 
sign up once they feel like they're ready for the courses. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, basically. So yeah, that was my whole model to give away um, as much value and information for for free and deep technical stuff that I don't to this day I don't really think anyone goes into in the kind of the level of granularity that my my content uh, yeah does. And so yeah, it's basically. Uh, our system now is your profitable franchise system. We have uh, like we have a course and modules that we take people through that is basically how to go from zero, no franchise, um, all the way through to finding, vetting, doing the due diligence, buying. And the difference here is that we continue to work with people after they sign their franchise agreement. And so, you know, the we just have a completely different model. We want to, we want to partner for the long term. We're not trying to just get you into a franchise real quick. And then like peace, you know, and like, Oh man, I hope I never get the call that day about how it didn't work out. It's like, no, cool. Buy the franchise. We have a team of multi-unit franchise owners that are coaches on our team. They're actively multi-unit franchise owners. And once you sign your franchise agreement, we keep working with you. We help you to level up your leadership. We help you to navigate the overwhelming confusion. One of the things that I learned after signing my franchise agreement was that, yes, the franchisor gives me a system, but there are always gaps. And it's not the franchisor's job is to provide the system and the tools right? The franchisor's job is not to help me level up my leadership and figure out how to communicate more effectively, like how to lead myself, how to manage my work-life balance. There there are just gaps that I learned when the franchisor would say, hey, here's here's the pro forma, fill it out after I sign the franchise agreement. I'm like, what's your pro forma? How do I fill this out? Yeah, we can't really walk you through that. You got to talk to the other franchisees. Crap. Okay. And there were just all these things that I realized where it's like, wow, man, it would be really cool to just have some additional support. And so that's, re- that's, that's really what we're focused on. So people that have come through our system, we also then have a mastermind for them, franchisee mastermind. And it's, uh, it's all about them being happy and profitable. And so the goal here is that most people, once they get into business, right, we're, we're all kind of sold this dream on business. Be an entrepreneur, work for yourself, live the dream, right? As we all know, the dream is very hard. The dream is very difficult, very worth it, but very hard and very difficult. And so what I started to see was that most people, okay, they start to become an entrepreneur. They struggle to figure out how to manage it with the family. They struggle, they struggle how to figure out how to take care of their health. And now all of a sudden, you bought a franchise. You're profitable. You're doing well. You're making money. But deep down, when you go to bed at night, you're unhappy. And you're unhappy because you're overwhelmed. Yeah. You're overworked. Not taking care of your health. And so, you know, my mission is to help create more happy and profitable franchisees with an emphasis on happy because making money alone is not going to create the happiness. I love that. I'm going to have to sign up for your course. Uh, you know, cause it, it's like, you know, I've, I've, I, my last business, I looking back, I really had a great life. It was very, it was very easy. It, not in the beginning, but I was seven year old business. Um, and you know, 
getting this off the ground, I've never worked harder and I'm sure it'll get easier. But, uh, you know, ambition can be a blessing and a curse if you allow it to take over, you know, your life. I see that a lot with people. I'll tell you really quick. Um, and I know we're coming up on the time, but I, I'll just share this with you. I, I think you'll, you'll appreciate this. Um, Zach Nolte, our COO and co-founder, my business partner, we were down in, uh, in Punta Cana for a, a conference. I swear it was a work conference. And uh, we're hanging out and his, uh, his wife was with us. And she said something I thought was so cool. She said, I had said to her like, hey, I'm sorry that, you know, I take your husband away from me sometimes. Like anytime he's on his phone late at night, it's me, <laughs> probably. And uh, she was like, um, she was like, it's all good. I gave Zach three years. And uh, hopefully he doesn't mind me sharing this, but um, she didn't mean three years to like succeed or not. She's like, that's not a question. He has three years to work this hard. And then, you know, dial it back and, you know, be more with the family. Because the, the reality is you can continue to chase success and fly around the country. And there's always a, a opportunity to do more. But at one point, you got to say, when, when do I focus on my life too? And I think that's great that you teach that because I think there's a lot of business owners that, you know, they get addicted to the, 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 the rush of building their business. And that's not a balanced life, you know? Yeah, you know, one hundred percent. And that's one of the things I, I I teach the our franchisees on and how to, my wife and I have a really great structure. My wife's an entrepreneur. And so we have specific structures that we have uh, set up in terms of weekly family meetings, uh agreements on um who picks up the kit. Like we have a whole system. We do an annual planning to plan out our 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 entire year ahead in terms of different goals and areas of our life. And so it takes intentionality, and right now, my wife and I have a similar agreement, and it was okay. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a second child. It's now eighteen months, but I'm my business. This business that I created was in its infancy, so it was here's let's form an agreement. You got you're doing all the overnights because I got to focus on the business, and she was like, okay, cool. And so yeah, I think that's a, a huge uh, a huge part of it. It's important to to have that communication, and that's cool. His wife gave him three years. That's a long time. Yeah. Oh man, this was great. I, uh, I realized I, I, this call I have to dial into. This was a great episode, man. Um, if you're listening and you want to learn more from Tark, he's got great content on YouTube. Just type in Tark Johnson franchise. I mean, maybe you could just put your name even, but check that out. Thank you for taking the time. It's, uh, it's always great meeting and chatting with you. Um, and thank you listeners for listening to the I Fired My Boss podcast. You're fing fired. If you want to say those words to your boss, make sure you head on over to ifiredmybosspodcast.com and fill out the form to schedule a no-cost consultation. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend who might also want to fire their boss. 